to another episode of the Karen Janine podcast, where we are having uh, conversations around the kitchen table to overcome obstacles and remove those fears that get in the way of us living our life and living our legacy life. So I want to start with, as we have been doing for some time now, I want to start with reading the legacy life model. So here we are. This is the legacy life model. Don't be afraid to jump into the updraft to soar high. Replenish and use your energy wisely. Like an eagle, you soar majestically. Breathe in peace. Start each day with intention and a grateful heart. Be good and do good in the world. Dream big dreams. Keep your expectations high and your standards higher. Become all that you imagine. Take a risk and fall in love with being imperfectly you. We start at yes, be free, and live your wildest adventure. Go take time to live the life you desire. Face your deepest fears. Be unapologetic about being yourself. This is your legacy life. Never settle for anything less. And you know, CEO leaders, it is my hope that as you listen, as you continue to listen to this legacy life model week after week, that it will become a part of who you are. Maybe it's one line, maybe it's several of the lines that resonate with you, but whatever part resonates with you, it's my hope that you will begin to live that legacy before you leave it. So we also start out with gifts. I wanna remind you to check out the show notes to pick up your gift. These conversations, think of it like going into a room. So these conversations lead you to the room that you need to go to. It leads you to the door. The change and the transformation that you have, it opens up the door. The implementation, it guides you and it takes you through the door. And so our free gift is gonna help you to do those two things. The conversations, we start here, the change and the transformation and the implementation you can find in the show notes. Somewhere you can just look for financial wealth starts here and you will be able to get that free gift. So you can not only just get to the door, but you can actually be guided through the door. So today on our episode, we have a phenomenal guest. And I know, I know I say this all the time, but it really is true. Each one of our CEO leaders and our guests have been phenomenal. They are amazing. Today we have Jordan Aspen, and it's really been a conversation that I've wanted to have for some time. So I'm happy that I'm finally getting a chance to get some questions answered and just kind of figure out, is this real or is it just fantasy? The conversation that we're going to be having is successfully being in business with your spouse. And so I'm excited to hear Jordan's story and to just get a chance to, again, answer, get some of my own personal questions answered, because 
I really want this to be a thing for, you know, for a lot of us. So Jordan, go ahead, introduce yourself and just kind of get started. Tell us where you want us to start and what you want us to know. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation because it's something that I'm really, really passionate about. My husband, Paul, and I run Civilized Animal Productions together, and we assist online entrepreneurs with um, events, both virtual and in-person, specifically the kinds of events that turn your faceless followers into fast friends, fast friends with yourself, but also fast friends with each other. So that's the goal of our business um, right now and, and what we're focusing on. And like I said, we do this together and ah, I'm just, I'm so passionate about it because like you said, a lot of people think it's this fantasy to be in business with your spouse. In fact, when Paul and I were dating, we were cautioned. I was cautioned to not date another artist type or creative type or visionary type because of the the tension that can come and the conflict that can come with having just all that passion, right? (laughs) But then when you take a step back, passion is exactly what you want in a really good, healthy relationship. And tension is what makes two ballroom dancers successful in their dance. You have to have that tension on each other's hands in order to read each other and follow each other and and create a beautiful dance. And so that's what we've found is that we can be a power couple together. And yeah, it can be explosive, but if we make it explosive in the right way, it's a productive explosion and it's an explosion outward, not toward each other. Wow. I'm I'm blown away already just by your description of being in business. It sounded like I don't know, like a romance novel. I mean, it sounded like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm ready. Sign sign me up. Where is he? I want to be in business." I love how you explained it like a like a dance, right? And we all mm. I know for me, I watch ballroom dancing and it's so elegant, it's so in tune and it's just like you see, it's almost like you can feel the leader and the follower and just that whole balance. So thank you for creating that visual for me. And and I love how you said like, there's a tension even in that ballroom dance, but it's a tension toward having balance and it's a tension toward creating something magical. So I absolutely love that. And you said you guys started in business together while you were dating. Um, yes, yes, and no. Let me let me tell that story a little bit. Um, it was kind of funny because when we first met, it was not love at first sight by any means. Um, I actually thought it was such a pity that I couldn't find him attractive because he was dating my roommates. Um, let's see, our roommates were dating each other. <laughs> That's how I'll put it. And so it would have been really convenient for double dates and stuff. And I'm very practically minded in those kinds of areas. So I thought it would be great, but you know, I wasn't interested. <laughs> we built a friendship then over poetry and writing, both reading poetry together. We started with Paradise Lost, he and I, and a couple of other people. And um, kind of by the end of it, we were sharing writing with each other. And um, it was just kind of me and him showing up most of the time. <laughs> But what really came to the forefront during that phase in our relationship was that he was clearly the better writer. He is wonderful with words. 
He's a great poet, but he doesn't even strive to be a poet. He's a great um, fiction writer, nonfiction. He, he just, he's magical with words. I write too, and I'm pretty good at it, but I wasn't as good as he was. And I knew this. However, I would say I was the better writer. I was the better author. I was the more, I, I made more of an impact because I had published two books and he hadn't published anything. So that became a point of tension between us. We weren't even dating yet at this point. Um, well, I guess I hadn't quite published my second book by the time, uh, you know, when we started dating, but um, I was, I was published and that was the point. And there was this tension of knowing that he was the better writer, but I was the better writer. And it just depended on how you defined it. And I was actually making an impact with my words. So um, while we were dating, I did some work for him on his creative business, which was at the time he was focused on creating board games, tabletop games. And I did some artistic work for him on that. And then very shortly after we got married was when I took writings that he had been writing during that entire time that we had been friends and started dating and I, I compiled it and edited it and formatted it and published it under my brand. So at, at the time that we got married, we had our individual businesses that we were running, but we were starting to work for each other. Mm -hmm. And we had this overlap and like I said, tension <laughs> being caused by that, but it was a beautiful tension because it caused this pressure for him to actually publish. And now he's sold more books than I have. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful the way that we started coming together as this power couple. We were stronger together than apart. Mm. Each of us was strong on our own. Like we each had our own business. We were both creating beautiful writing, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until we came together that it really started going somewhere. Mm. So it was shortly after that we got married that we looked at things and, and we're looking at me publishing his things and him utilizing my things. And we just said, we just need to combine. And so he, uh, he bought my brand and we combined it under his brand, Civilized Animal Productions. And of course, now we're doing event production, which is completely different from um, where we both started out. And yet we still bring the gamification and bringing in the tabletop games to our events, mm -hmm. uh, to the in-person piece. And of course, writing is everywhere, right? So <laughs> we have that thoroughly in our business, both for our clients and for ourselves. Um, so let it, me it, ask this, Jordan, a couple questions I have. How much of it do you think is attributed to the individuals that you were before you came together versus recognizing that you were are better together right because you mentioned tension and mm -hmm. most times like when we that's the last thing that you want is tension in your relationship and especially tension from like being in business together it's like that's the easy fix we just don't have to be in business together like we can just date or we can just be married um so how much of that do you think is attributed to who the individuals that you, you know, that you were. And then I'm interested to know like where I know that you said that the civilized animal productions is your husband's 
under his brand, but where did that name come from? Oh, yes. That's a great question. Be sure that we come back around to that because I want to talk a little bit more about tension first. Um, because I, it, your question about tension and about our history really got me thinking to where I started as an entrepreneur, 18, 19, I don't, yeah, about 19 years ago now, I think. And um, that was as a teen, I was a seamstress and I did custom sewing. So you, you can see I've been all over the place with entrepreneurship and creativity. I am an entrepreneur, but finding my stride has been difficult. Mm-hmm. And in part, because I was a loner and I, I would sit in my room and sew. And I was the only one in my family who really had that skill. My mom hadn't threaded a needle since I learned how she used to mend, but not as soon as, as soon as she could pass it off to me, she was done. And um, so it was, it was this isolating thing. And so I could, I would bounce all over the place and I did this and that and the other, but to bring a, a sewing metaphor in, I brought the dancing metaphor in, but I, the sewing metaphor, when you sew by hand in particular, the stitches that you make are much easier to make in most contexts if you have some tension. So you picture the quilter who has the frame or the embroiderer who has the hoop. It's holding the fabric under tension. There used to be these things called sewing birds that would be used for long straight seams. They would clip to the table and pinch your fabric so that you could pull your fabric taut so that it was more like a piece of paper that you could put your needle through very quickly. And that tension was necessary to be more effective. Can you sew without it? Absolutely. I sew in the car all the time without any kind of tensioning device besides my fingers. And it's possible but it's so much more effective once you have these tools. And so I see it similarly with my husband and I, where in order to be stronger together, you have to be strong first. So we had a certain amount of strength. We had our passion. We had both, we were both doers in our own way where we had registered a brand. We had you know, taken these steps to form a business, but we were also hitting walls and dealing with that, that slump that all businesses go through and most don't survive Mm -hmm. of these, these dips. And so when we came together was when the synergy really happened and we really started helping people, it became not just a creative space for us where we happened to make enough money that we could take the next steps. And now it's a growing business and we are blessing other people by being able to hire them and coming into other businesses and running the events for them so that they can grow. And it's, it's not just us, the two of us being stronger together, but that energy is exploding. It ha- it is explosive energy, like I said, but it is exploding in the most beautiful way. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love that. So I do not want the listeners to miss what you said. One about the tension, like keep replaying that, put that on replay because that description of tension and how you describe it in a healthy manner makes sense, right? And it gets you to thinking about maybe ways that you can 
move into the tension, use the tension as a way to grow instead of a way to go. And the other thing that I wanted to point out is that the synergy, you go further together, like you can, you can do more together. And even if it's not just in business with your significant other or your spouse, I don't want you uh, you all to miss the fact that together being in community and having some tension, which usually you can't create tension by yourself, right? Um, there's a level of growth that you're not getting to because you're missing that community or you're missing that challenge or that tension that's going to help you to at some point explode. So I didn't want you all to miss those two um, gems. Now tell me about the civilized animal, because you know, our brains sometimes will go towards, well, is this the animal shelter or do they, yeah. you know, do they, um, you know, somehow do work with animals and other than the name, you've said nothing about animals. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the the terminology comes from Plato, the philosopher, and it, it comes from his essays on education. And this was its roots. And that's where we got it from. But what it really means is um, man, humankind is a civilized animal. We have these two sides of our nature that are constantly in tension. And so what civilized animal productions means is working with both hands, the civilized side of our nature and the animal side, ordered process, natural flow, masculine and feminine. So the two of us, of course, bring it together in the masculine and feminine and with our different personalities and strengths and weaknesses and being stronger together. The civilized animal concept is about being stronger together at all levels within yourself. Like you talked about how it's much harder to build tension yourself, which is true in the context that we were talking about. But then if you flip it and look at it from a completely different perspective, there are tensions within yourself. Think about when you're trying to make a decision mm -hmm. and you're, you're double-minded. Well, when you're double-minded, I mean, scripture tells us that being double-minded makes you unstable and it, it's, it's not a good thing, right? But we have this tension within ourselves and we have to figure out a way to utilize that instead of being torn apart by that. Mm -hmm. Because the tension isn't exactly the problem. Being double-minded is trying to, 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 well, really being pulled apart, being pulled in two different directions. We need the tension to be pulling us forward and toward a singular goal, whether that's within ourselves, with our civilized and animal nature, or within a community where some people are a little more civilized and some people follow their animal nature a little bit more, whether that's ordered process um, or, or going with your gut and that natural flow. It's, it's everywhere once you start looking for it. Absolutely. But what I hear is even if tension starts within yourself, Something, someone besides you is needed in order to move forward. Because if when I think about even the tension that I have within myself, and I have these two, you know, 
dichotomies, two ends of the spectrum. I will, it's easy for me to leave it because the only person that knows that that tension is happening is me. And Mm -hmm. so I can leave it and go to something else and nobody knows and I can cover it up and I can make it appear as if nothing is happening and everything is okay. That's what I call maybe, you know, kind of like that suffering in silence kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you brought up the, you know, the scripture and the double mindedness is like, you know, it's unstable. And the thing that we have to have is like that constant, right? It's that, it's that vision, it's that purpose, it's that goal. And now is a good time for me to mention, this is so incredibly important and why I do the work that I do, because I am big on transformation. I am big on results. So many times we talk about the things that we want. We talk about our vision. We write it in our books and and and, and our journals. And we set resolutions and goals at the top of the year of everything that we're going to do to make them happen. And then somehow six months, nine months, 12 months later, we're repeating the process and doing the same thing all over again. So I created something, a, a course called Vision to Victory. And what it is, it, it is a course to help people who have a vision that they have not yet been able to fulfill or to transform. And a lot of these conversations, as I mentioned before, like it kind of gets some of the, the cobwebs out of the way. But in order to get the vision to victory, there's this process. There's this um, this a natural process that I'm taking you through because my focus is you, right? We can, you know, follow the process of somebody else and we can follow the process of, you know, the, the gurus and there's no shortage of information out there. But when it comes to you and your own vision and figuring out how you're going to do that dance and lean into your own tension, Understanding your vision and how you are going to get it to victory is so incredibly important. So that link is also going to be in the show notes. And when you talked about that that double-mindedness being unstable, that vision is what keeps us kind of like in control. That's that, that's that constant. That's the certain. I know what my vision is. I know what I've been given. But somehow I just find myself all over the place. Um, so thank you for bringing that out and for kind of driving that home um, for us. So books, are you all still writing books and doing the um, doing the production? Where is your main um, focus now? Good question. Yeah, main focus isn't on the books right now. Uh, we have some some things in the works. Um, oh, in fact, we just had a whole brainstorm uh, while driving. We were on a road trip um, and and talking about the tension and and being a couple in business. We had set aside this time on this road trip and said it would be for us, and we wouldn't. It wouldn't be a business meeting because sometimes we specifically talk business when we're in the car and the kids are strapped down and (laughs) a little more quiet with their books and watching out the windows and everything. But we had said, this will be us time. And then I kind of brought business into it. So, Hey, can I, can I bring something up business? Cause you said 
we wanted to talk about what's on our heart and mind and this is what it is. But in that space of freedom, we didn't have an objective of, okay, what, how do we get to our next business goal? I'm very focused. Um, because it was just, okay, this is what's been on my heart. I was able to share something that exploded in its own way into what will probably become a book. So the books are coming, but as far as our focus is concerned, um, our focus is on these events. As we move into 2023 at the time of this recording, we're at the beginning of 2023, in-person events are coming back. And quite frankly, Zoom is great. I love that we're on Zoom right now recording this and I can see you and we can interact. But honestly, we're all getting a little tired of it. We want that in-person connection and not just, okay, let's go to a conference and be another face in the crowd. Cause that's how we feel online. We're faceless. Um, but let's get close. Let's build intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. And so our focus is really on bringing in some intimate retreat type experiences to our clients. Um, I'm really excited about one next month that I'm working with someone I'm speaking at this event and it's just for women and we have a particular focus and there are four of us collaborating on the speaking type sessions and it's just a a luxury experience. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the kind of thing that we want to bring to our clients in 2023 and 2024. I love it. So you brought up another great point. It's difficult, like when you're an entrepreneur at heart and that's how your brain thinks and processes information, how do you turn it off or how do you get that balance between everything isn't about business and everything isn't about getting to the end goal? What are some things that you and Paul found helpful in terms of not everything being about business? although it's about business. Well, quite frankly, Paul and I do lean very heavily into allowing business into all of our spaces. Um, And it works for us. It works really well for us. Uh, We we even have this this little joke that, that one of our kids is HR and sometimes needs to step in when we're talking about business and we get a little too intimate. So, you know, we we let it overlap a lot in our lives. And like I said, it works for us. Mm -hmm. There's a synergy there where we can flow from one to the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, the bottom line is that boundaries are necessary everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you need to know your personal boundaries. And so, and and we need to communicate, Mm -hmm. um, communicate them clearly, but also communicate them ongoing. Because boundaries can shift and change, not not so much the boundaries shift and change, but the the way that it looks. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we said, okay, we are not having a business meeting. There are times when we get in, in the car for a road trip, we road trip a fair bit. Um, when we get in the car for a road trip and we say, okay, this is our focus time. We're gonna we're gonna have this meeting and talk so that we can reach this objective. We can figure out how we're gonna reach this goal. Um, you know, I'm over here with some numbers while he's driving and we're figuring something out and there's a clear objective. And then there was this time when we said, we're not doing that. We're going to talk about what's on our hearts and minds. 
that shifted the conversation. And so while we did talk business, the energy was different in that space. And there wasn't this pressure to create a specific goal or make sure that this was a productive conversation. Um, The objective was to get closer together personally and relationally as a spouse, um, as spouses, as a couple, because we have been dealing with a lot of tension within the business mm-hmm. that was kind of painful and it was difficult to communicate over certain things. And this road trip was coming and we're moving and all the things were happening. Mm-hmm. And so we just said, okay, take the pressure off. And that allowed the space that happened to be a business conversation, but brought us personally closer together. And that was the objective. The objective was not business oriented. The objective was relationship oriented. Business just happened to come into it. And the the flip side has been true too. Like I said, I wasn't attracted to him at the beginning, but once I saw how well we worked together, that was the excitement that brought the chemistry truly was working together. Literally the, the, when people ask, well, what changed, when was the moment that it changed and you were attracted to him? And I remember it very distinctly. I knew exactly where we were. We were actually on a road trip. And I remember the exact words that went through my mind. And it was, I could work with this guy. (laughs) So yeah, that's a little unique to our situation, but that's the whole point, right? When a, a couple is unique, it is two individuals that have distinctive types of personality and goals and passions and styles of communication and they need to come together to figure out how to be stronger together than apart awesome so i'm going to circle back and i'm going to bring back into your um analogy of the dancing and the sewing to kind of bring it home while it works sounds like it sounds like it works beautifully for you and Paul to kind of have that business, not necessarily on all the time, but like you said, you all have agreed to have it in most areas, but with some boundaries. So when we think about that tension, and when we think about going back to the dance, right, the dance, the goal of the dance is to figure out and to learn how most in most cases for the female or the feminine to follow and the masculine to lead. So finding this, you know, this balance of tension between the uh, feminine wanting to lead or wanting to feel like, you know, taking over. And so when you're trying to figure out how to do business with your spouse or significant other, it's about figuring out how you want the dance, like what's the goal, right? And I hear you kind of mention that, like our goal was to come together stronger personally. And so with that goal in mind, we relaxed the standard, the agenda of Mm -hmm. feeling like we had to solve a problem. Like we can just be open and free because there is the spouse and then there's the business partner. So really being clear about the space and the goal that you're in for, you know, for conversation conversations, even though business may come into it. And then when I think about visually speaking with the sewing, 
creating that tension, you already know what the piece is that you're creating, right? And what it should look like, what this piece of the full um, garment is going to look like. Is the tension there to, you know, to gather? Is it to, you know, create pleats or is it to create something? And so you know the tension that it is that you need in order to make happen what you need to make happen. So again, what I'm thinking, again, I'm having this conversation for the first time and I'm learning a lot, but here's what I'm getting in terms of having this conversation with you, Jordan, is knowing what it is that you want and knowing that vision and letting tension lead you to that instead of pulling away from the tension and then creating more tension because you're fighting against the tension, but to lean into the tension because eventually the tension is going to create an explosion when the synergy happens. Did I get that right? It's you put that beautifully. <laughs> yes. So this has been really a, a breath of fresh air for me and it's given me definitely some food for thought. It has challenged some myths that I've had. It's challenged some thinking that I've had about tension, right? Because naturally we go, naturally as animals, um, our animal instinct is to, you know, fight or, you know, flee or, you know, just kind of like lay there dormant as if, you know, we don't exist. And so it's challenged me to really kind of lean into some of that flight mentality that I, that I would have when tension entered into the relationship from, you know, kind of discussing business. Cause it's like, oh, okay, well, you don't think the way that I think, or you don't have the same goal that I have. And I'm, for me, what I'm thinking is that we haven't established what that goal is together, right? As a couple, I have mine, he may have his, but as a couple, what does that look like so that we can lean into that tension and bring that healthy tension into the uh, into the relationship? So I thank you for this conversation. I so incredibly needed this and at this time in my life. So as we close, what final words would you give to our listeners um, as it relates to being in business with your spouse or significant other? That phrase stronger together is the biggest thing that has influenced my dating relationships, my married relationship now. And, and that's what I say to people who are looking for this spouse to be this partner, mm -hmm. as well as people who are married and want to, to build stronger together it's keeping that phrase at the forefront, stronger together than apart. For Paul and me, when we met, we would not have been stronger together than apart. We had to build our individual strengths at that point. And that was part of why a relationship was not attractive to me, because I knew that we would not be stronger together mm -hmm. if we started a romantic relationship. And that was okay. Because as soon as we did become stronger together, I mean, we only dated six months and then we were engaged for less than two. 
So when it, when it's right, it's right. (laughs) And so, like you said, to keep that goal in mind, and if you want to articulate that goal as simply being stronger together in this area and that area and the other, that's a phrase to really keep with you and to ask yourselves, are you, are you being stronger together? Awesome. Thank you, Jordan, for adding to the conversation at the kitchen table. Listen, CEO leaders, stronger together in every area, not just as a spouse, not just as um, an, a couple in business, but in every area, stronger together. I love that. Two powerful and even words together, like they're not a singular word. So I like that they are paired together. So again, CEO leaders, thank you again for joining me at the kitchen table for another incredible conversation. We will see you again next week, the same time, different conversation, but nonetheless, still another phenomenal leader. Thank you again for joining me at the kitchen table, and we will see you soon. Bye for now.